Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with... Ask me about sunscreens, Catherine Brandt. And Andy Brandt-Bernard. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Ryan. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Sunscreens. Oh, so much information about sunscreens. Ah, oh, there you go. Well, that's what you need when it's 30 degrees out. You actually do. You do, huh? Uh, I've had 17 biopsies. What? Skin biopsies. 17. That's quite a few. I think all of them are positive. Luckily, they're basal cell carcinomas, which are the least bad of skin cancers, but they still require a biopsy and follow-up cream that eats them away for five weeks or six weeks or something. It's a gigantic pain in the butt. But looking at sunscreens, a lot of the sunscreens that are in America, they say that they do one thing and they don't do it. 
So they lie. I don't know if they lie or if they degrade in the bottle or I guess the FDA just there's all kinds of things that we have in our skincare products that they don't even allow in Europe. Oh, really? Yep. You know this whole new reef reef safe thing? No. Okay. Well, see, you, who I've been telling to wear sunscreen forever and won't, um, are one of the people that should be paying attention because you've had many, many, many sunburns through golfing. Yeah. Yeah. And my dermatologist, who I won't say her name because I never asked her permission, she said what happens like with people like me is I probably had a really bad like sunburn 20 years ago. And that's what's happening now is that that's why I've got all of these things. You zap these K cells with UV light, yeah. the sunlight, and it can turn into a skin cancer. Yep, that's true. Yep, UV and I, damages d- uh, DNA directly. Exactly. And blue light from your um, computer screens and things is not good for your skin either. That's photo aging. Hmm. And you should be wearing sunscreen all the time. I have a question for you. Yes. Is there any good news about online and laptops and desktops and phones? I mean, is there... Is it destroying the entire world? <laughs> We're making a podcast with it. Yeah, I know. so are, are so we is, destroying the world? So yes, yes, we are. <laughs> is that There's our no mission in life? It. But I, I, it's serious. I want you to, to I, I do want this to get out there because I had the same sort of crop. I did not have nearly as many, and I stay covered up. I use sunscreen. I've been a good, sun-safe person, and I still got these again, so it's a little scary to me. And I... I I told Andy about this, this EWG website. They um, are all about toxins in our food and our skincare and mm-hmm. sunscreens. And Andy looked up their sunscreen for Ethan, and it rated a 6. Yeah. Yeah, I and think. it's an organic something for it's, babies. Um, no, don't say oh, the wrong the word. Don't say the wrong thing. Um, so a, a 1 is the best it has the fewest toxins, you know, things that can get into your bloodstream or um, they don't like aerosols because when you breathe that stuff in, it's very, mm-hmm. very bad. What was the site again? EWG.org. EWG. I want to look to see if there are any spray ones that they actually like. Well, they don't like spray ones because they've got <clears throat> microparticles. So anyway, look it up because I had all kinds of them and mine, luckily mine were more, mostly a three and some were a two, but the one that I really, really liked was a three. So, you know, I want to get closest to one. I've never found a one. I don't know if one is probably just pure zinc oxide, I yeah. would guess. Yeah, sort yeah, by probably. decreasing score, so let's see here. Yeah. And baby uh, sunscreens. Baby sunscreens, what's the best? Oh, decreasing means increasing. They're wrong. Oh, okay. Decreasing guess, means increasing? Well, because one is best, I guess. There's a ton of ones. Because there's a huge rise in melanomas. There's a huge, huge rise in basal cells, squamous cells, all this stuff. People are getting them. People, dark skin, <coughs> light skin, doesn't really right, matter. Right. As a matter of fact, it's, it's actually scarier for people with dark skin. Because they get them like underneath their um, toenails. But you can't see them. And you can't see them oh, yeah. as well. But mm-hmm. the people with dark skin still need to use sunscreen. And actually sunscreen isn't the best thing. The best thing is, is to wear the sun shirts with the UPF 50. Oh, right, yeah. Hats, a two-inch brim hat. And there's a skin cancer, skincancer.org, I believe, is their website. They are very good about telling you all the information and... Um, 
that's my spiel because I'm telling you, they having all these biopsies, they hurt like crazy. Yeah, they sure do. They heal, they take forever to heal. It's because they have to punch pretty deep down, so it goes oh, they right shave into shave it with this little. It's like a razor that's in a shape of oh, a U. Oh, they didn't U. punch it. No. Oh, okay. And they just get <laughs> scrape that out of there, and then you know all of my all of my biopsies came back that the borders weren't clean, so I've got to do mm. the mop up uh, right. cream. Amadrol or something like that for five weeks, and it's a giant pain in the butt. And it can, even a basal cell carcinoma, can turn into something else if you don't pay attention to it. This is true. That's there why it's you called have carcinoma. it. So there are a bunch of uh, aerosols rated three. Okay, well, three isn't too bad. What are the, what are they for kids, especially? Uh, I mean, don't let your kids get sunburned because twenty years later. Oh yeah, that's true. There's a uh, tons and tons of them. I don't know about for kids but i can uh because i mean the filter by that the spray ones are nice because then you can get your back you know if you're alone yeah spray is so much easier it is easier but they don't like a lot of them i know that no they so, don't so just because they're out you know in the american market there doesn't mean that they're good so look up your favorite sunscreen make sure that they're not rated you know a six or even a five i wouldn't even go past a five because a lot of sunscreens have a ton of different stuff in them, and it might not even be the zinc oxide. It's not the zinc oxide. It's all the other crap that they put in it. Mm-hmm. Well, their site is now broken, so I can't do it. <laughs> the site's broken? Yeah. Oh, really? It's not working anymore. Oh, there it goes. It, Maybe I... There's a bunch... I've uh, been talking about it. They like Australian gold a lot. Really? Uh, oh, that's something that's readily available in all the yeah. grocery stores oh, really? and Target. They have Little Joey, which is the kids' version, so there Little you go. Joey Judy. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So there you go. Well, that's good I to guess know. get Australian gold. All right. Easy. We'll be getting their sponsor money any minute now. How many remember. lives did you just say? That's what I Probably want to know. A, At least one, because I know Liz Collin is listening. <laughs> she's alive. Hey, she's we blonde hair, blue. Well, I don't know if your eyes are blue. I can't remember. I think they are. <laughs> well, they are, yes. Yes. I'm buying sunscreen right now. Good. Well, there you go. Glop it on, whole shot, glass full for your body. Yes, yes. Yep. It's a good reminder. Although this this time of year, nope. Um, even now, I, I know even now, but it's the last thing on our minds, right? Yeah. I know, and even even me, it's like this morning. I'm like, oh, it's it's yucky and dark. I don't need to wear sunscreen. I'm like, yes, you do. It says right yes, there. You do. Yes, yep. you do. So I hear you. Okay. It's all true. Now, Liz, I need a favor from you. Liz Collin with us, ladies and gentlemen. The book is called They're Lying, the Media, the Left, and the Death of George Floyd. But here's the here's what I need you to do for me. Okay, you ready? I've, I've been on for 20 seconds. You're asking me for a favor? Tom? Yeah, yeah, I am. Could you turn her up just a little yeah. bit, Andy? <laughs> That's Tom right there. That is me. I'm asking for a favor right out of the box. But here, here's the favor I need. Do not tell your husband I'm about to read this, okay? <laughs> okay. You ready? Award-winning investigative journalist Liz Collin. Oh, my oh God. God. She's a big shot. Why do I have to read things like and that? And she wears her sunscreen. And she wears sunscreen. <laughs> She's an award-winning journalist. God. What, why did I have to read that, Liz? I mean, that's... You that's, nailed it. You really sold it, let me tell you. Holy <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> you, wow. That was really little, great. A little sarcasm in the background there, Liz. Is that the plan? <laughs> it, uh, it is. Well, I, I'm glad. Yeah, you... Uh, you sold it for sure. Did you want to keep going, or is this the buildup? Okay, that's it. That's it. That's over. <laughs> no, well, I mean, we could die. She uncovers what really happened on the street in Minneapolis that set off the uh, riots, the demands to defund police, and the skyrocketing crime across the country. Liz, it's great to have you. The timing, 
I know it took us forever to book you, and I don't know why that is, but the timing of this couldn't be better because what Elon Musk is going through right now by trying to tell the truth, and he's being demonized by everybody. You've had your problems. I've had my problems. As a matter of fact, my entire voiceover career was destroyed because I had an opinion that didn't agree with theirs. Um, it's just the way they work. I, I just don't understand how they can be so hate-filled. All they do on the media and in certain areas, all they do is lie. They well, lie to cover their own ass. Rich D has read your book. He says it's fantastic. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you to Rich D. He says it no, might I, make I'm, some people I'm, mad, though. I think that might be an understatement. Yeah, yeah I, think it's, um, I think it's giving a lot of folks high blood pressure. Mm. Um, but, but no, I, I never set out to, to write a book, never part of the plan at all, but I was just really troubled about what the media wasn't talking about, what they weren't reporting when it came to this story that I think really has changed, you know, not only Minneapolis, but the entire state of Minnesota and places mm. all across the country, to be quite honest. So it was just kind of a way to set the record straight. And, um, I will say though, Tom, I think that you know, it, I was sort of caught up in all of it and like, you know, the world can't really be this crazy. I have been so um, amazed and relieved, quite honestly. I'm kind of on a little book tour across Minnesota. Oh, sure. There's a lot more people that, um, you know, are on our side of things, if, if you will. And I don't even mean politically. Um, I just mean, because that's not really even what the book's about, to be quite honest, even though the left is in the title, but the left to me isn't Democrats or liberals. It's really this population that you can't disagree with. Yes. They don't yep. want to cancel you. They want to kill you. I mean, that's how far they, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, some, of the, some of them will go. And we've sort of given them, given them so much power in this, um, in this state. Um, and this was sort of a, a, a way for me to, um, you know, counter that in a way. But I think a lot of people agree with that, that this is crazy um what this uh, group of people what what they've done it's an amazing story because it uh, not only you know in your job did it affect you but in your own home it affected you because your husband who happens to be a really good friend of mine bob kroll um he was blamed <laughs> for the whole thing basically yeah yeah and i wanted to go into that a little bit more um th- this story is really just me as a journalist putting this into print it's not like some cop wife who right. you know, was going to bat for her husband or whatever i mean bob has issues trust me um just as, uh, <laughs> just as any wife would tell you but for, for what he was made into and really showed the power of the media um to to push this lie um and to to make you know, good people, bad people, you know, vice versa. Just the power that they have to me is really incredible uh, when there's nothing to support, <laughs> when there's really just nothing to, to support it. So I wanted to put the blame where it belonged. Um, the stories about the people that really did have, you know, the decision making and power in all of this, um, you know, on May 25th of, of 2020. Um, and Bob had, you know, such a minor role in the union right, had such a, a minor role, and they were made into this, um, you know, just made into this group that they, they were not. And I think, again, Minneapolis is certainly suffering because of it. Is it because um, Bob was outspoken, or is it just they were looking for a scapegoat? Why did he get entangled in all of this? Yeah, you know, I think, Catherine, that you really can't be understated. You know, the, the power of the election was, was playing at the time. So this right. is May and obviously there's a presidential election. And Bob um, was on stage with President Trump ah. um, that prior October. And this was all part of that whole 
that whole thing. Um, you know, he was obviously very outspoken, but that's what he ran on. That's what the membership wanted for, for a union president to speak to the media and to stick up for them. And, um, you know, and he wanted to, it's an elected position. Um, so, you know, he was doing what his membership elected him uh, to, to do. But, um, you know, we, we saw that we saw a week after George Floyd, you have um, Chief Arredondo and you have Mayor Fry announcing basically to the world, they hold this press conference, um, that they're going to walk away from contract negotiations with the union when the union had nothing to do with uh, right. this incident. And, you know, the police department, they've lost half of their people essentially since. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was pretty clear to, to Minneapolis cops that nobody had their back after this. Well, it seems that Minneapolis, um, a lot of the people that run Minneapolis and the outspoken people that support this regime that's in Minneapolis right now, for lack of a better word, um, they're all, they don't mind all of this that's happening with the lack of police presence and they, you know, nobody's responding to no, calls of violence. And they say it doesn't happen. Businesses closing well, left and right and the increase in crime. They, they seem to be, they're still happy with it. Well, and that's what I think we I really go into the book about and the stories that I kind of tried to get on the air during uh, during all of this is the backstories of all of these players. When we were talking about now, you know, again, the attorney general uh, of, the, of the state, Keith Ellison, his background is, is quite interesting. And I think the media didn't do a good job covering that, his Not connection all. To, yep. to all of this. And, and you know, this is really a, a, a power grab and a money grab in Minneapolis. Um, and in a way, history is repeating itself. We go as far back as... Uh, Jerry Hoff and, um, you know, his execution in the pizza shack, uh, talking to his daughter and yep. what she has to say about Keith Ellison and his involvement in that. And there's all these backstories of uh, MPD and, and city politics that nobody wanted to talk about during this, uh, because, again, you'd be you'd be canceled or, or threatened or, or whatnot. Um, but this is what this is Keith Ellison's background. He's now put, you know, five police officers in prison. This is what his livelihood has been, has been built on. And it really, um, a lot of people are making money because there are no police officers anymore in Minneapolis and the media hasn't done a good job bringing that to light. You know, it's so interesting, Liz, because for many years, Catherine and I lived out, uh, well, Andy and Alex uh, grew up there out on a farm in Dayton, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And we thought for a while maybe we'd move, uh, you know, into the Mount Curve area or down on one of the lakes and buy a house down there. And we looked around and and I hate to say this because I love to take a drive around the lakes. I love to drive Mount Curve, that whole area. I loved Minneapolis, going downtown, having dinner at Murray's or wherever you go. Um, they've taken that away from me, and it really bothers me. I'm, I hate to say this to the people who still live there, but I'm really glad we decided not to buy a house down there. I lived I in the North Loop for, what, six years? Yeah, well, it's did. interesting because you lived in the North Loop way before any of this stuff was going on. That's the thing, and we is... could see the, And we could see the crime going up yep. and up and yep. up in That's downtown Minneapolis back in those days because of policies of yeah, the administration. I moved out four years ago, and I was <laughs> I could tell that some something bad was going to happen in the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah. I go over to your house and because you were but what two blocks away from the podcast yeah. studio at that Walk time. To work every day, and I would see people. Go uh, checking car doors. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yes. Oh, you know, yeah. which you didn't see that before. Can you cut my yeah. mic? I've got a cough. Thank you. 
She's going to cough up a storm. Liz, I tell you, honest to God, it's so funny. I cannot tell you how my life even changed since the – look, I don't know what Chauvin was thinking. I I don't defend Chauvin. Why you want to kneel on somebody's neck for that long, I don't understand. I feel bad for the other officers because they didn't know what to do. Most of them were very short-termers, weren't they? Of the three guys. Well, and I, I think you bring up a good point here, and that's, um, you know, many of the lies that I go into in, in the book are even talking about kneeling on the neck. Well, okay, so let me just give you some some common lies that got got us here. Okay. So we have this uh, we have this viral Facebook video. We have four officers who are wearing body camera body cameras that day. Mm-hmm. That there's a reason that they do not release those publicly. And keep in mind, Tom, that this oh, has really? never happened in any case before. These are hidden because they show things like George Floyd saying that he can't breathe before. Uh, Derek Chauvin even arrives on scene. They also show better context of where Chauvin's knee is, more on the shoulder blade, which comes out in trial. They also know that the chief of police doesn't even um, watch the videos himself. He's basing all of his decisions and all of this. um, Everything is about race from the very beginning, as you know. That's Mayor Fry who took that step, uh, which I think, again, um, was was a mistake and, and really, you know, lit the flame, if you will, quite literally. Um, also, we have um, we have the fact that the administration immediately says they've never seen this maneuver before that they're doing. Well, interestingly enough, this MRT, this maximum restraint technique, these two pages go missing from the training manual oh, the very next really? day. What? Yeah. Um, so these are d- different things that, uh, again, I'm trying, I'm documenting during this time, and I can't believe that the, nobody's reporting on. So, th- so this goes away. The, the, if you also remember, the um, administration says that they've had nothing to do with George Floyd, and this is where Bob, you know, is painted as the bad guy because he put out a, a memo to his membership after part of Minneapolis burned to the ground, and these officers went through horrific things during the riots that nobody mm-hmm. wanted to talk about. Um, basically served up as scapegoats to these peaceful protesters. Um, but the, the fact that um, the police department said they've never heard of George Floyd before, um, they've never had any inter- any interaction at all. Well, we interviewed the officer um, in the book who um, George Floyd is, is a year earlier part of an undercover drug investigation. They had been working on this case for months um, following him um, with different um different uh, officers involved and he'd been selling um you know thousands of um prescription medications if you will so it's part of an undercover drug sting that an officer is very open about talking about um you know the arrest that he made back in may of 2019 almost a year earlier so a lot of these lies sort of (laughs) you know we get into that that nobody was really willing to talk about before. Another big one is um, George Floyd's autopsy itself. It's conducted 12 hours after he dies, but it's withheld again for a reason um, and until about a week later and made public also after part of Minneapolis burns to the ground. Why? Well, because part of this autopsy shows that, you know, George Floyd died a multifactorial death. Um, he had 11 nanograms of fentanyl uh, in his system. They knew this right away. But you also, we have handwritten notes in the book about how the story is kind of changing from the Hennepin County Medical Examiner backing off a bit of his initial findings and these all these behind-the-scenes uh, meetings that are public documents available for public consumption, but nobody was willing, willing to put them on the news. Um, can I ask a question, though, about, okay, so at the trial, did all of this evidence that you're talking about that was out there, did that... Was that presented to a jury? 
Yeah, so we have a whole section in the book um, about the trial itself because that's, you know, the Twitter trolls and everybody comes after me says, you know, they're all pleading guilty or they're, you know, Derek Chauvin's found guilty. But it's amazing, I think, to hear about what was allowed in court and what was kept out. Again, all for a reason. And uh, there's a very interesting exchange between um, Keith Ellison and a Minneapolis police officer as well. This is an officer who I was talking about leading this investigation into George Floyd. He's originally called as a witness for the prosecution, and they're talking to him about, okay, we want you to talk about the traffic stop involving George Floyd in 2019. And this officer says, it's not a traffic stop. It's part of this undercover drug investigation. This isn't a traffic stop. No, the traffic stop, the traffic stop. Kind of coercing this police officer to lie on the stand, which he refused to do. So he's dismissed um, rather abruptly from this meeting with Keith Ellison and the prosecution. Meanwhile, the defense asked him then to be um, their first witness. But there's this 20-minute interaction with George Floyd during that 2019 arrest, and that's all whittled down to barely a minute that's allowed in court. And these are where he's saying the exact same things, repeating the same uh, behavior and such. So there's a lot of manipulation um, behind the scenes uh, during the trial as well. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. (laughs) (laughs) We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't (laughs) ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, well, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, right you know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. It just amazes me that the, that the world's gotten to the point at which it is. I was talking this morning about about a 20-year-old piece of video I saw. They, uh, Penn and Teller do a show about, you know, disproving all these things. It's called Bullshit. That's the name of the show. Um, Perfect. Uh, and I was watching an episode from 20 years ago, and, and um, uh, what's his I can never remember. Martin Sheen was on there, and I can't remember the guy. Remember the very soft-spoken guy on MASH? You know, he was kind of like Alan Alda's partner. I can't remember his name, though. Priest guy? Not the priest. No, they. The, he's a, a doctor on there, but he's very soft spoken, and you'd know him if you saw him. Okay. But it doesn't really matter because yeah. they were both on this from 20 years ago, 
and they were onto something. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the um, twenty years ago, they were asked because there were these riots going on. They wanted to impeach George Bush at the time, and they're all going through the streets talking about impeaching Bush and all that. That's not the important part of the story. The important part of the story is they asked both these TV stars and movie stars, "What are what are you fighting for?" And they said, "We're fighting for a, a society." in which people get along and that people respect one another and people will help one another. We want just peace in the world and everybody just get along. And and then Martin Sheen says, yes, we, we just want, we just want one society where nobody hates anybody. Everybody gets along. Everybody's the exact opposite. 20 years later happened. Liz, Mm -hmm. why do people want to hate other people so much? That amazes me. Yeah, it, it certainly does. I mean, I think social media has only made that oh, even yeah. worse. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, e- even with this book, I'm reminded it's a lot of, you know, I'm, I put out a message. And as I've said, really overwhelming support for the book. I mean, um, it's been an Amazon bestseller since it, it's been released um, since October, because I really think that a lot of people knew a lot more was going on. And they're and they're curious about what they didn't hear. But it's like, you know, the replies are, you're a Nazi or, you know, you're a racist. Or yeah. It's just like, have you even read the book? Like, do you even know what, what does that, you know? And um, we just never had these type of platforms before. Yeah, so big mistake. I just can't imagine that. I mean, would you ever even do that? Go on and just hate no. someone that you don't know or you don't. First of all, like get something else to do. I don't know. Well, generally, it's these keyboard warriors. They just read the inflammatory headline, which is made. It's clickbait. And then they have a knee jerk reaction to it. And then they go off and then they but start attacking think, each other. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, exactly. And, but sadly, you know, a lot of these corporations and um you know, especially different media companies and such, they're basing their decisions on what these trolls, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are doing. I just, you know, I talk a little bit about that in the book, my own personal experience. Uh, you know, I sort of have death threats in, in the beginning. And um, there's a there's a petition online that uh, I need to resign my position because of my ties to white supremacy, you know, that 100 people sign. Well, then somebody else puts up a um, petition that 2,000 people signed that they want me back on the air at WCCO. But do you think, right. they, listen, do you think they listen to them? No, no. they listen oh, to God, these no. 100 people who don't even watch the news, um, you know, that aren't even from here or whatever. And, that, and that's what makes me sad just as a, a citizen, that why are we letting these this mob uh, rule the day? It really upsets me, too. If I, if I were George Floyd's relative, I would be a very, very upset with everybody because I would say, look, Let's focus on the fact that my my cousin died. Why don't we talk about that? Let's not try to make a big deal. Let's not try to make money off my cousin's death. My brother died, and everybody's out there trying to make money with their, you know, their statements and their this and their that. Oh, I will support you because you said this and you said that. It's all about money now, isn't it, Liz? Yeah, and I think that um, I don't know if – well, I'm not sure if you guys can admit to this, but if you've seen – the Daily Wire, uh, Candace Owens did the greatest lie ever sold a documentary out right. um, a couple months ago. Yep. But they, um, their crew came to Minneapolis, and um, I thought they did a really good job. They they talk about how eighty million dollars is basically raised on the back of George Floyd and his yes. image and, and such. And then they go in, I think, um, you know, do a really deep dive into where that money went and didn't go to help the black community. No, um, you know, which is what this is supposed to all be about, right? Um, but I encourage other people to, to watch that because I think they really did do a good job. And, and you know, d- disappointingly, the media doesn't cover this documentary and their findings at all. The media um, is and this is, you know, ground zero for, 
for all of this. And, you know, I think a pretty telling part of that documentary also is Candace is basically interviewing um, George Floyd's roommates. He had an apartment in St. Louis Park uh, where he lived for several years uh, with these folks. And she's talking about, um, you know, just just him as a person and such. And they said, you know, that they've never even heard from his family. They never came to collect his personal belongings. His car was still there um, sitting in the driveway. So Candace pays out of her own pocket, basically George Floyd's back rent and pays to have his car towed away. And, you know, all of his stuff is still there. His family never even came to get it. Isn't that just amazing? Well, they didn't even live in the same state, right? Right. They're in Texas. What can we do about this, Liz? Look, uh, the sad part of this is a man died, unfortunately, and the fact that everybody has to blow it up much bigger than it. And I'm not trying to downplay the fact that George Floyd died. It makes me sad that anybody died. He was not an old man, whatever the situation, whatever the reason, he's dead. Could we look at the fact that he's dead and then not try to make money off it? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah, and why does everybody have to be, you know, canceled and uh, threatened in the yeah. wake of, of yep. something like this? And, and, you know, that's, I think there's a lot more to, to be said about uh, the fentanyl use and, and drugs. This is sad. Absolutely. I mean, this is really, yes. I think That is real. The, yeah, you're right. That is the real story. Right. And part of the story that I think was just so covered up, it was just all about race. Um, and nobody wanted to talk about how a black officer, you know, was with George Floyd twice as long as Derek Chauvin was. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, we have two sets of mixed race officers who, uh, you know, respond to the scene. But again, there's a reason this Facebook video was was repeated over and over again. It's black and white and nobody else wanted to talk about it. And that's the mayor. That's the police chief that pushed that narrative from our one. Huh. Liz, are you going to talk to are you going to talk to Elon Musk anytime soon? <laughs> you know, if he calls, if he calls Tom, I'll be sure to. Well, um, I'll, I'll be sure to answer. It, it is yeah. interesting because um, some of the stuff that he's been saying is like flying right into the face of uh, the normal social media giants. Yes, I mean, he said something about his pro his pronouns are prosecute Fauci. Yeah. Yep. That's what he said. People are losing <laughs> oh, their oh absolute yeah, minds oh, over God. this. And what what is what's interesting to me is it's he, they are either going to like pro, you know tr- they're going to try to well they already are they're trying to cancel him they're trying to demonize him right right um, they're either he's either going to end up in the gulag <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> you know over awesome. some I mean I I mean I, I really do think that the, there he's got some powerful enemies. Mm-hmm. And yes, just because you've got $44 billion doesn't mean when the United States government wants to come after you that they can come after, they can come after anybody. Well, right. I mean, no, it is. No, it exactly. is. So what he is doing is very scary in yep. some ways. Um, I, I, I respect what he's doing, but I'm also wondering why the heck does he want to open up this can of worms? I think when yeah, you're I that powerful, that, um, there's you know, nothing else to do. I get that question a lot, like, aren't you afraid, like, what happens to you or, you know, people coming after yeah. you? And I kind of just go back to, I'm afraid if we don't, you know, speak up as we know. I mean, I think that we're kind of living in a morally and ethically bankrupt time. Yes, um, we are. It just, yeah, it just seems like people don't, people think this is it, which I, let's hope to God that it's not. Uh, 
But, you know, I think that we have to you know, speak, speak the truth. I'm a Christian, you know, and I think that, um, you know, morally, I have a lot of problems with what's what's being peddled in, in the world today. And I think that the media is partly to blame with poisoning the, the population and no just doubt. not okay with it. I'm, I'm afraid of what happens, you know, if people don't stand up and, and people, and to me, this isn't political. I mean, I always tell the story like, yeah, so I lived in Minneapolis myself. I mean, that's where I was for um, 12 years. And my first husband, um, I, I sound, um, as I say, a very sordid past, but my first husband worked for the um, DFL. He worked for the Democratic Party out in another state and then came to work for the DFL here. Um, but I could have a, a job and career then, interestingly enough. Um, but, you know, I marry a police officer who happens to be a Republican and holy shit. Oh, wait, can I say that? Sorry, Andy. Yes, no, yeah, you can, can say, say that. that. Yes. Can say it. You're fine. <laughs> um, oh, but I just don't know how we really got here. I don't either. You know, I'll give you an example of what life is to me, and I'm very serious about this. We went to Sam's Christmas Village on Saturday. It was Catherine and me, Andy, his wife, his son, our daughter, her husband, and her two children. And watching Andy's son, one-year-old Ethan, run around... He's a year old. He was so wound up the whole three hours we were there. He just loved it. He had a one. He had a big mm-hmm. smile on his face, and that to me is what it's all about. If a little one-year-old can go to a place like that and see all the lights and all the happiness and all the rest of it, why don't we look for happiness? Why do we want? Because there's no money to be made from happiness. Mm-hmm. All the money's made from misery. Is that the problem? Well, people like a negative story more than a positive story. Yes, that's for sure. But that, to me, is what life is all about, watching Andy. Mandy, the look on your face, you were so damn happy and proud of him. It was wonderful. Well, Ethan, Ethan partied so hard, he slept till 11 a.m. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Not too many oh, wonder What did you guys give him? <laughs> Nothing. He was just wound <laughs> up. Fresh air, fresh air, and uh, yeah, that'll do it. lots of <laughs> mental <laughs> stimulation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Liz, I think it's wonderful that you put out this. It was very brave of you to put this book out, because I'm it sure that... It is very uh, brave. I'm impressed. So how did... Oh, no, I'm serious. I mean, I, you know, it, it, it takes, uh, it takes a lot of ovaries to do what you did. <laughs> a lot of ovaries, Liz. A lot of ovaries. More than two. There's I was no going to say, I haven't checked. I wonder how many I have. <laughs> You've got extras because this is very brave, especially living in Minnesota. Yeah, for real. I mean, Minnesota is is really scary politically to me. It is. Absolutely. Oh, God, yes, I mean, it, it is. is not, to me, it is not safe to go against the grain here. Well, well, I've done it like, for years. You know, I, like I said, I just don't think it's really uh, political. This is the problem also. I, I think that public safety became political. Public yep. health became political. And why is this political? To me, you know, as a journalist, I just look at things in, you know, facts. I don't know why this has been all tangled up and, and tied up. And I, we're all paying the price for it. Really. Um, because politicians have infiltrated every aspect of our lives. They That's have, why. Yeah. Both right. sides, too. I mean, I, I have no respect for either party right now. I really don't. It just, would you make some decent decisions for God's sake? I'm stuck in the center here looking both ways going, what am I supposed to do here? What I'm supposed to do is to be with my family. I love my entire family from top to bottom. And by bottom, I mean age. From top would be me and the family, I guess. I'd be the oldest one. But that's, I have good friends. You know, hey, Liz Collins is going to be on today. This is going to be great because you're a friend of the family. I've known your husband for years and years, always done the right thing around me. I just don't like the way Elon Musk is being treated either. He didn't make this stuff up. Why do people think he made it up? Yeah, that's that's what I, you know, when I do decide to engage, which is becoming less and less. It's not like this is a fairy tale. This book isn't just, um, right. you know, something I, I, I made up. 
Um, these are all facts. I mean, I have more than 250 sources that I used in the book. Um, but yeah, there's kind of this narrative we were led to believe and it, you know, it's just simply doesn't, doesn't add up and it, and it's troubling, but you're, you're right. I mean, I think we need to get back to what's really in, important in life. And I think, you know, we live in a world now it's like this instant gratification and social media has sort of helped that as well, but it's like, there's no critical thinking. There's not a lot of common sense anymore. Um, you know, that type of thing and right. TikTok is me and all this stuff that's boiled down into five or you know ten seconds. Life is a little bit more complex than that. We can't yeah. boil it down to just a just a few seconds. Um, but yeah, we need to be able to also engage in these conversations because that's really the only way we're going to be able to get anywhere. Yeah, and uh, maybe as a, an example, because I never heard anybody on TV talk about this, but. I uh, grew up in a Democrat household. My mother was a hardline Democrat, but her best friend was her cousin, Lamont Dean, who was a Minneapolis police officer who was Republican. And they got together all the time and discussed things, never argued, never screamed at one another. They didn't agree on a lot of things, but it didn't matter. I have, uh, you know, I have no respect for the extremes on either side, whether it's the far right or the far left. You people need to shut the hell up. We need to come together and not battle one another constantly. Could you be a little just well, decent for a moment? That'd we've, be good. We've just entered this era where, I th- you yep. know, the social media aspect of life has uh, turned people into activists. Yes. And the, and the word activist used to mean act- something different. Now it just means... I hate everybody that doesn't agree with everything that I have to say. That's right. And, exactly. Um, and, and, and activists today are only looking at every problem through a very specific, narrow little lens. So they're, they're looking for this problem that is the biggest problem in the world. And if you don't mm-hmm. think that that's right, then we have to go after you. Yep. And yeah. those are the people we have to stop electing and we have I to stop agree, listening agree. to because they're... They're just filled with spite and hate, and it's not. Those aren't, those people, like you said, Liz, they're not critical thinkers. They're not open-minded. They're usually hypocrites and probably not mentally well when you're looking at everything through that narrow of a lens. No. Yeah, and that's what worries me, too. I talk a little bit about this in the book with the, the media and their role in that. Um, you know, I, I really feel like journalists kind of turned into activists yes. over this um, yes, whole movement in, in Minnesota. Um, and in, um, in the book, I talk about how CCO sets a mandate after George Floyd that 50% of the people they interview, uh, while I was still there, so we interview, um, have to be non-white or from a protected class. So to me, this is the definition of racism. I know Absolutely I have to base it people, is. <laughs> I have to base people, you know, their, whether I can put them on television based on the color of their skin. This goes against everything I've ever been taught in my entire lifetime. Um, I need to start actually looking at people's <laughs> skin color. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm 100 years old or that's what I sound like. Uh, but to me, that just felt more, you know, morally wrong. And we're helping to, you know, push this propaganda. I have to ask people who they're sleeping with, essentially. I mean, this protected class thing is weird to me. Um, I was just very uncomfortable with uh, the way the media, you know, moved um, after this. Yeah, no question about it. Well, Liz, I know you don't have much time. Are you in a hurry? Because we've gone over time a little bit. Are you okay? I'm okay. I'm here. Okay. I mean, here's an example. I grew up in North Minneapolis. I went to school with people of all colors, all the races, all the rest of it. I uh, moved to, to uh, KNOX Radio in Grand Forks, North Dakota when I was 18 years old. Who did I end up living with? A black family, Victor and Gail Treadwell. Uh, I enjoyed living with them all the rest of it 
Uh, you go down the list of things. Hired the first two black men on radio in in the Twin Cities. That would be Philip Wise and JB. The first thing he wanted to do, though, call me a racist. How can I have done all those things and be a racist? Why would I even live with black people if I hated black people? Why would I do that? Yeah, it, it makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, Bob, uh, you know, just talking about him him in the book a bit, you know, his last name starts with a K, so he, therefore he's a member of the KKK, Oh, obviously. of course. Um, it's See that? so beyond stupid. Mm. I mean, and police officers are the least racist people that I know. I mean, to be, they, they sign up for this job. They yeah. care about these communities. Yep. And that's what, to me, is so heartbreaking. Um, you know, these, these communities who need uh, police officers – uh, you know, more than ever before, they are the ones that are really paying the price for all this. And it's they know, are. really disgusting, in, and it's, in my opinion. It's all about money. It's not about black. It's not about white. It's not about female, male. It's not about prone. And by the way, I, I'm i leaving in another nine shows, leaving KQRS, but I was asked by a member of, I don't know what his, he even does for the company. They sent out an edict that was talking about the, uh, proper pronouns to be used. You got to use these pronouns in this company now. It's just how it is. And I said, well, I'm leaving in a couple of weeks. Um, so do I still have to do it? They said, well, what do you do now? I said, well, I already have my own pronoun. And they, they asked me, and as a joke, I said, here's my pronoun. I just go up to everybody and go, hey, asshole. They did not think that was funny in the least. No, no. Oh. They're counting down the hours now, Tom, to just kick you out. Yeah. Oh, yes, they are. Holy cow. You can't have, it. No you can't have somebody it. outside hive think. Oh, we, we've been through a lot of it already. And it's, uh, Liz, I, I, you've been through it. I've been through it. It's just this whole idea that you need to change the way you speak now. Mm-hmm. Settle down. Stay the hell away from me. How about that? There's a good bit of speech. Leave me alone. Right? Yeah, I was talking to a gal who um, works at a hospital in the Twin Cities, and they wear their pronouns now on their name tags. They're like these huge, prominent, you know, she, her, um, on the, on their name tags. It's right. just, you know, I just don't really understand what's, uh, what's well, happening. I don't either. I, I don't get it. We yeah. try to live our lives, but we have to be told, look, here's what I'm dreaming of, my family's dreaming of, Liz and Bob are dreaming of, and the whole family's. Again, can't we all just get along? That was a black man that said that who died, unfortunately, a short time later. But he was beaten to a pulp at one point, and his response was, why can't we all just get along? I will never forget that. That was a huge moment in our lives, and everybody just ignores it. And I, I really wish they'd stop. Because going after different people now, that was there hatred toward blacks in America? Absolutely there was. And now is there hatred toward white men in America? Absolutely there is. So how did that get better? Right. Yeah, that, that's my thought. I feel like we're um, in some sort of time warp and we've come so far and yeah. this is what we want to start um, doing. I don't get it. You know, I go back to my son who, um, you know, he, he's in a very diverse class and, you know, ha- has been. And he describes um, kids by their eye color. So he'll say, oh, it's, you know, the, the, the kid with the brown eyes. I mean, right, I'm like, this right. is great. This is this means we're doing something. I just I was never taught to even, you know, see that. And people will say, well, that's because you're a racist. And, you know, you're a, really. No, I really don't. Even, you know, but to, but to be now teaching kids that that's what you look at first. I just just don't understand. I know. I just wish people to try to just shut up and try to get along with everybody. We'll do the best we possibly can. Not everybody is hateful and evil like you think they are. But again, right. the people that are they're teaching you that, they're making 
millions of dollars off of you, and they don't give a rat's ass who you are. It's all about money to these high riders. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and they you know prey on prey on emotions. I even go yes. back to that summer from from 2020. I thought that that was a very underreported story. It's just these outside forces that came into Minnesota. I mean, you know, even airport uh, workers and and cops out there talk about that. Just all these people coming in from all across the country to, you know, they're trained protesters. And and Candace Owens did a good job exposing that too. Right. Um, about the activists coming in. We had a couple of girls here who admitted to us they're from Oregon. They have no idea. They didn't even know where Minneapolis was, and they were flown in to carry a sign through our neighborhood that said "Bob Kroll is a doo doo head." I'm seriously not even kidding. These people <laughs> oh were, boy! These people were flown from the West Coast into oh, you know Minnesota to come over on a Sunday afternoon, and they knew nothing about this, this place. But we just gave power to these people. Yep. Um, you know, and they're all a bunch of a lot. You know, a lot of them are just young kids who haven't figured life out yet. Um, you know, that are looking for a easy paycheck. Well, is it okay that I've known Bob for years, and I would agree he is kind of a doo-doo head, but you know. Well, yeah, I was actually going to say that's a compliment. <laughs> exactly. Liz, you're the best, honest to God. Uh, it, it just, we'll soldier on, we'll keep moving forward. But we I will. really, I really hope people would just calm down and get, why do you want to hate people just amazes me. Well, I just want to say to you guys, too, um, you know, I was canceled by uh, most most of the media, you know, obviously the station where I worked for 14 years of my life. Yeah. And nobody went to bat for me publicly. And for you guys to say, like, you know, I like Bob and whatever. I mean, it really means the world to me because you guys are brave to even say that. I mean, a lot of people supported me privately because they know who I am. They know who right. Bob is. But to actually, you know, put it out there. I um I just want to say that you know we really appreciate it as a family and I just think you guys are absolutely awesome and I wish you the best in retirement my friend. I'm not um, retiring. Even though, know, even though I know you're not retiring. <laughs> there you I'm go. I'm glad that you're getting away from evil corporate media. Oh, I want you to do me a yes. favor and give Doodoo Head a big hug for us, okay? <laughs> I will. I forgot. I actually kind of forgot about that story. I'm gonna start calling him that again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thank, Liz, thank you so much. Great, and, and we got to get together for dinner one again, one of these nights again. That'd be great. That that would be fun. Thank you guys so much. Merry Christmas to everybody. Too. Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas. you, Liz Collin, ladies and gentlemen. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Casts, Deezer, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. That's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rod. 
Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant yeah, she does such a great job, and, and I've known her husband for years. Like I, mean, I said, I, it's just very brave to talk, uh, uh, not even against the regime. It's just telling the truth is a threat now. Yeah, I no, mean, it is. No, it is. That's absolutely what, I, mean, is. I just watched this whole thing play, uh, playing on Twitter, and it's just it's fascinating. I don't understand why some sociologists and, and psychiatrists and uh, stuff aren't, aren't are writing books, volumes and volumes of books about what's happening as like a collective society with social media. It, it's to me, it's very fascinating. This Elon Musk thing is just people that just adored him and worshipped him and thought he was, you know, a god. I know. Just Another hate his on. guts and want him jailed. And as soon as the media told him to hate him, they hate him. Yeah, exactly. yeah. They're robots. And he's not making these stories up. These, these are all things that were found on Twitter. It's documented. 100% it's real. documented. The FBI is filthy now out there in San Francisco. There's no excuse for it either. Well, I, and it's interesting. You know. Mitt Romney all of a sudden went... Uh, oh yeah, went crazy pig. about hating Elon Musk because they they were talking about some relationship with Ukraine and how that whole thing was just very filthy. And it's it's just interesting because Mitt Romney's kid works for the Ukrainian oh, oil. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's got a kid yep. or some you know grandkid, some co- yeah. grandkid that works for them. Um, Hunter Biden worked for them. All these I know all these you know elitist people are getting their kids, you know, $10 million salaries for doing absolutely nothing and not knowing anything about yep, I know. oil and gas industries. And all of, you know, it, once it, all of a sudden, it's like now we all have to go after it. Except he's got some very powerful people that he's, he talk, he's talking about, and they don't like that at all. No, I'm sure he's going to commit suicide <laughs> with a long-range rifle, two shots to the chest and one shot to the head. I'm, I yeah, tell it. you the truth, I am a little afraid for his life. Um, yeah, you know, I don't really, I don't have any real love for Elon Musk. I totally respect the fact that he's trying to tell the truth. Right. And it's just fascinating to me that no, no journalists in the mainstream media are even covering this Twitter stuff. No, of course not. not well, it's, they were all part of it. But every part, every media outlet out there okay, was but, part of the collusion. But when you get caught with your pants down, 
I Don't know. you have to say, whoa, look at my pants. They're on the floor. I no. better I better at least start spinning something. 80% of people, if the MSM doesn't talk about it, they don't know about it. It doesn't exist. It doesn't even exist, yes. And you have to remember, because of social media and because of online activity, people are actually getting dumber by the year. They, and That's provable. Wow. They're getting dumber every year, and they believe anything they're told. Uh, I don't, I, see, to me, I don't know if they're dumber or oh, if it's are. just this activist, activist lens that they're looking oh, at everything through. I, I, I think that they're just so <clears throat> focused on this, like I said, this tiny little thing that they just can't see anything else. Well, and then on the other side, you got <clears throat> Donald Trump has dinner with, with, Kanye West and a white supremacist. Why would you do that? Well, apparently the Kanye West thing, I don't know about the white supremacist, but um, Kanye, well, Kanye, Kanye West, West has been a friend of Trump's for a Forever, while. Forever, yeah, for a and long time. What I understand, not that I'm an expert on Trump because I've never liked the man as a human being, but he um, was trying to talk to Kanye West about yes. what was, why he was doing what he was doing as a friend. So right. why did they bring the white supremacist into the dinner? And I don't I get don't it. Know. I don't know. Like I said, I don't pay a lot of attention to what Donald Trump is doing. Yeah. Um, but I did see that story about the fact that he was like, I was concerned about Kanye West. Because I mean, which I do believe, but he just Donald Trump makes a lot of mistakes. When he talked about getting rid of part of the Constitution, what the hell are you thinking? I don't know. Jeez, that's the dumbest like thing said, I've ever heard. The, the problem Donald Trump has, in my opinion, is he has hurt. He's butt hurt. Oh, as yeah. they say. No, it's true. And he's just not ever, he's going, he's never going to recover from that. And I will tell you something, this is nothing new. In my opinion, not, if not all, most presidential elections have been rigged over the years. There's no question about that. Well, all the way back to the beginning, by the way. Well, just what we're seeing is just politics are just so filthy. We yeah. have no concept. Well, if you want filthy politics, you should uh, go to Greece. Oh, well, that's true. Home home of filthy politics. Stocky, we'll we'll throw this out there to you, and then we'll just turn it over to you after this. But we're just talking about how, whether it's the far left, the far right, whatever it is, I am getting sick to death of their hatred for everybody. And they get all all the spotlight. It drives me nuts. Yeah, it's definitely gotten more divisive, for sure. Oh, God, uh, just both of you. Calm down. I like Democrats. I like Republicans. I do not like far-left and far-right people. Just get that. Get lost. Go away. Yeah, I, but it's funny. This weekend, the Ravens and Steelers played without their starting quarterback. So I was like, I wish the Re- Democrats and Republicans would do that. Can we just try <laughs> new starters? I like Does it. New start- I love that idea. <laughs> new starters. Let's go. I don't know if either one of those two guys would pass concussion protocols, but... Uh. Well, that's true. That's very, very true. I just... I, yeah, my God, could you just calm down and say, hey, you know what? I got maybe 100 years on the planet. I'd like to enjoy it rather than hate everyone. Yeah, I agree. It's gotten it's gotten super divisive, and it, it's gotten to the point that it's it's hard to talk about it. You know, I, I have a master's degree in political science, and in oh, the old days... when here we go. Well, when I I'm first started genius, doing comedy... Tom. No, 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 no. Uh, but when I when I make a joke about the president, I'm qualified. Uh, but I, in the old days, I used to do some political jokes, but it because it was an outlier. But now it's so everywhere, every Facebook page and every late night thing and news and radio and I, I don't touch it at all anymore. I used to do a, quite a bit, and now yeah. it's just like it's too scary. 
and I've kind of grown out of it. It's not a passion like it was for me in the past, but it's also a tricky subject. I mean, even if you want to, it's it takes a lot of comedy capital to talk politics at all. You know? Yeah, I mean, there's no question about that. I, I just, but honest to God, Kostaki, I, I just, you meet people, you like them, you don't like them, whatever. I got to be honest with you, I would have to think really hard. Is there anybody I, I'm being treated like dirt by a couple of people right now. I don't even hate them. I just realize they're not very bright and their stupidity is making them do things that I don't like, right? So I don't yeah. hate them. I just look at them and you're not smart enough to even know what you're doing. Right, right. Yeah, I hear you. That's a, that's a good place to be, I think. It is, is to, absolutely. Yeah, is to, is to go. Yeah, right. Um, I'm struggling to get to a similar place with a couple of characters. <laughs> I know. Everybody's got them now. Right. Yeah, everybody's got the, these people that just can't wait to burn you to the ground, which I have never understood. Calm down. But I, but I think broadly, I mean, I have one person in my life who's a giant challenge, and I, I think... Uh, and even that person, like, I, I, I for the most part, I'm kind of land with you. Like, ah, got her own issues. And yeah, it's, yep. You know, it's not really about me. It's just taken out on me. And, you know, I've got some empathy for her. And like, okay, I get it. So you've only got one person. I thought you were married three times. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Anyway, moving forward. Touche. I go touche. So I think it's segue to the first joke. Yeah, it Tom is, Brady's. Tom Brady said he's open to all options next season. There's there's nothing like getting divorced to help a man see the benefits of free agency. He's like, well, <laughs> you can do lots of things. Unlike most every other American man, uh, all the options are available to him, ex- except for carbs, right? Yeah, he's, well, right. Uh, that's why we love Tom Brady's diet, right? He's got everything we could ever dream of, but we have French fries. <laughs> nice. He won't eat them. No, he won't. <laughs> the Buccaneers got killed, thirty-five to seven. God, in the in the NFL nerd parlance, they got boat raced. That's what the kids are saying. Boat uh, raced. Boat raced is when you you know you lose like forty to nothing or something. Well, where did uh, they come up with that? I don't know where that came from. Is that not familiar to you? Boat raced? No, I don't know anything about boat raced. Yeah, I. I I just from context, I presume that like you know sometimes in a boat race things get out of hand and it's a lopsided race. I don't right, know. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, but being boat race not common for a bunch of pirates. Brady drops in the pirate power rankings. You ready for the pirate power rankings? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Number one, Johnny Depp. Uh, number two is a tie. Captains Crunch and Morgan. See, those are two <laughs> pirates. Okay. And then uh, the Somali guy who kidnapped Tom Hanks. Uh, then Tom Brady, then the starting quarterback from Penzance. Oh, the pirate, pirate himself. The, anyone? <laughs> All right. It's a bit of a stretch. I like to how he goes, <laughs> he did that little yeah. cartoon dog laugh. <laughs> well, I realize, like, that's a ridiculous joke. While I'm saying it, I'm like, this is so dumb. I can't even finish the sentence. <laughs> Uh, Russell Wilson hit his head on the turf this weekend and the Broncos are rifling through their warranty paperwork to see if they can return him to the Seahawks. Oh, he's had a tough year. God. Surely Colorado has a lemon law somewhere. I don't know. How do you even know if Russell Wilson has a concussion? He starts acting weird. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. He's a little disconnected from reality and somewhat cheesy and plastic. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
could be a concussion. <laughs> could, could just be. <laughs> could just be the man. Well, hey, look, he's soullessly promoting a brand without any real humanity. Is that a no? That, no, it's just Russell. Okay. Uh, Jets running back Bam Knight he got his nickname from banging his toys in the playpen. Uh, <laughs> Jets quarterback. Cougar Slayer Wilson got his nickname from banging his friend's moms in college. Oh, oh God, ish. It's very different. <laughs> very different. You're right. Yeah, very different. <laughs> All right, this is interesting. The Saints team, coaches, and, and a player were fined a total of over $500,000 for faking an injury. Uh, and yet, no fine at all for faking an offense all season. No, no, that's free. You can. <laughs> I like I it. I faked an injury for years. I got a headache. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't worry <laughs> I'll just about go it. Go in here. <laughs> uh, this is also an interesting fine situation. Uh, Cowboys Dak and Zeke each got fined. This is very specific. $13,261 for the celebration when Zeke jumped in the big Salvation Army bucket. <laughs> what? He just, right, scored a touchdown, jumped. There's a big Salvation Army bucket right near the end zone on the Cowboys Stadium, right? It's a promotional thing. It's oh. part of one of their partners. Uh, so he, he celebrated by jumping into it. And the fine is 13261 Like, I imagine some weird NFL punishment czar with a crazy chart. You know, like you go down the row, roughing the passer, unnecessary roughness, celebrations, then you got to go across the row, spanking a cheerleader, pretending the buccaneer cannon is your penis. Oh, well. Jumping into the Salvation Army bucket. Oh, there it is. 13, 2, 6, 1. Okay. Spanking a cheerleader, non-consensual, that's an even higher fine. You know, you got to be careful. Absolutely. Right. I mean, if you pre-planned it, that's one thing, but you got to, you got to ask. God. Get a permission slip. Right. These are, I'm giving, these are messages that are important for men to hear. Yes. I'm I'm, I'm here. It's a service I provide. Yes. Uh, Eagles won big. Uh, Eagles look good. They have more weapons available than the merchant of death. Oh my God. (laughs) Could we trade him for someone? Yes, we we did. Yeah. 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 Brittany Griner for the Merchant of Death. Debatable trade. Uh, yeah. We should have at least made them also take the Russell Wilson contract. That's yeah, I mean, <laughs> there that you go. Fair. I like it. I like that. Yeah. Uh, Brock Purdy had a huge day. Uh, now he's hurt. He's the third stringer. Who's the backup to Purdy? Not so Purdy. Uh, oh. Great personality. <laughs> Jeez. Get out. Is it Patrick Mahomely? Oh, come on. These are Ooh, the jokes. I like that, though. No, I like that. Come on. That's so pretty. All right. Your boys, your boys lost to the Lions this week. Is that oh, the end? God. Is that all, game, are all the dreams over? What's I'm not happening? kidding oh, you, Kostaki. They were over before they began. Some of the calls that coach made, I just, I will never understand why he went for two points. Why would you bother with that? Get your one point and let's play on. Oh, uh, yeah, I understand. So are the Vikings still eligible for the playoffs? Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, they okay. actually have a good record. They'll, they'll be fine. At least they'll be fine to get into the playoffs, but losing to the Lions is not a very good uh, no. sign that you're going to go deep. Get blown out by the Lions. I feel like somebody, Yeah, they actually, yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel like if somebody charted the Vikings, it's like re- just hit replay. Yeah, yeah every year. Every, every year. year. Same thing. It's the same damn thing. Win, 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 and then a whole lot of lose. Yep. yep. Yeah, it's true. Well, 
That's similar to my team, except for the winning at the beginning. <laughs> win, win, win does not not quite there. Yeah, they're very reliable. Yeah, at least you yeah, know. That's right. That's right. Cowboys almost lost to the Texans, the worst team in the NFL. Even the Texans could beat the Texans. Oh, my goodness. They usually do. And the Vikings, of course, got uh, blown out by Dallas. So what does that tell you about the Vikings? Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I feel like the Vikings, I feel like they showed us for a half a season that they were one of the best teams. And then yep. the last few games, it's like, eh, some cracks in the armor. You got it. Uh, yeah. Rams picked up Baker Mayfield. He immediately won a game. I live in Los Angeles. I'm amazed he was even able to drive to the stadium in two days. It's amazing. <laughs> Take a little time, does it? It does. It, yeah, it does. <laughs> Baker's a rare example of somebody who moved to L.A. and raised his confidence, right? Usually it goes the other way. Usually you get to L.A., you find out there are thousands of other people up for the same job, and they're all better looking. Like, oh, man. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> Younger, right? Yes, exactly. I, I never cared about my age before, but now I'm like, huh, well, it's kind of a factor in some of these things that oh, are yeah. happening. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited. The uh, we've got it, we got what we got four more weeks, five, uh, four, five, four or five more weeks of regular season. Yeah, and that's then, about uh, right. Yeah, and then the playoffs. The playoffs are pretty extensive too with the new system. So Lots of football left ahead of us. All right. I'll try to suffer through it all. <laughs> I know. I love Tom. I'm not watching this crap anymore. It's so terrible. <laughs> then he's watching it. <gasps> yeah. Oh, they Dan look pretty good. Oh, no. I hate that. That's not what happened at all. She's <laughs> lying. She's lying the to the public. Bipolar <laughs> business with footballs. Oh, bipolar <laughs> Tom. Okay. <laughs> I love them. I hate them. I love them. I hate them. Well, it's been a love-hate relationship since I was 15 years old. So there you go. Yeah. To lower your expectations, you won't get you won't get hurt. I'm just glad I didn't become a fan at nine when they they, they first came to town when I was nine years old. I'm glad I saved six years of my life not supporting the Vikings. <laughs> Thank God for that. So they're gonna win one somewhere, right? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Well, I hope mm-hmm. so. And then everybody will get their hopes raised. That's all you need is one, and then you can kind of hang yeah. it up, you know. Oh, I got my one, my one Georgia national championship. I bought my hat. I got my shirt. I'm done. Like, if, whatever happens from here is gravy. Right. Well, if I was going to get my University of Minnesota national championship hat, I would have had to have been, again, nine years old. <laughs> is that right? That's uh, the last time? 1960, yeah. I believe. 60, was it 60 or 61? 60. For what? When the, the University of Minnesota won the National Football Championship. It was either 1960 wow. or 1961. It's a few years. They were a powerhouse then, or was one of those kind of outliers? Oh, yeah. Years? Murray Warmouth was a phenomenal. They were a great Jeez. team back then. The huh. Wolverines? No, the University of Minnesota Gophers. Gopher football. I Googled football, and it gave me Wolverines. That's Michigan. <laughs> Well, what the hell? U of M, don't put U of M. Don't put U of M in there. Way too many U of M. Oh, yeah, you yeah the way too many U of M. There's no doubt about That's that. That's true. Let's see. Golden Gophers Georgia. Here we go. 1960. 1960, 1960 was the last time they won the national championship. I think our old neighbor was the... Didn't he play on that, Steve Lundin? He was a couple years later. He oh, was they like, were like 1967. Really um, hot in the 30s. So, yeah, <laughs> back in the 30s. Well, if you're 100 years old, you've got to be a fan. If you're 100, you'd uh, love it. If you're 100, you have great memories. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, I will tell you one thing. You were about too young then. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. The funny thing is, a hundred years ago, you would have been twelve when they won their first 1934 championship. So. Yeah, there you go. Oh. That's still pretty. Uh, if, even if you're a hundred, you were pretty young when the Gophers were good. <laughs> when the yeah, Gophers were good, yes. Yeah. You weren't quite focused on football. You, you no. missed it. You missed the good years. Yeah. yeah. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in, Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com because life is expensive enough. No, there's no, well, you know why the, the Gophers were so good in the, the 50s and 60s. Everyone died in the war? No. The <laughs> University of Minnesota and gets zero credit for it. People do not come here to support the uh, program. It was the very first level one program that brought black players on the team. University oh, is that of right? Yeah, well, the very, they oh, were the very it. first major university to use black players on their teams. And they get oh. zero credit for it. None. Nobody ever mentions yeah, it. Yeah, I, d- I didn't know that. That's Nobody cool. knows it. Right. You know, that was a big move in 19, the 1950s. That was a huge move, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and, right. You know, they get no credit for it. I, I don't understand people. Uh, you could maybe do a little research and go, hey, University of Minnesota, I'm going to support them just for what they did 65 years ago. But no, it's like, well, how can I make money off of this? Oh, we live in a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately exactly. society. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess I'll always be, always be a University of Minnesota football fan, but it's very difficult for the last 62 years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got one thing right, damn very, it. Very hard, very hard. Gostaki, you're coming to town when we're out of town. I really appreciate that. He does it intentionally. That's right. Yeah, tell the people. Uh, Acme Comedy Company, New Year's Week, December 28th through 31. I'll be there God. New Year's Eve and the few nights prior. So, uh one of the best clubs in America, maybe maybe number one, certainly top five. It's it in your is. backyard. Yeah. Come uh, come come see a show. Oh yeah, go see Kostaki. It's a great show. You'd love it anyway. Plus, if you've never been to Acme Comedy Club, it's Acme Comedy Company is phenomenal. It's great. It's a great. It really is. It's one. It's like a. It's like a warm hug when you go as a comic. Like oh yeah, this is. I, I agree. I love, you know, the owners of Mensch and the 
food is good. That Lewis, never happens. The Lewis. food is good at a comedy club. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's true. Lewis does a great <laughs> job with that club. He does. The ceiling's low and the walls are stones and it's got a lot of heart and they book great yep. great acts every that's week. You can't they, go wrong in that place. And they they set up a couple of grates so you don't find dead bodies under the building anymore. So that's good. <laughs> you know there's a creek that, that runs that under thing? the building. Oh yeah, there's a creek that runs <laughs> under that building. It's still there, but they had to put grates up because they found a couple of dead bodies over the years just right under the building. Oh, we had oh, our mafia goodness. times. <laughs> yeah, well, there was that. Yes. <laughs> now, I'm not an architect, but I would think a creek going under a building is kind of, is that why you never bought the building, Tom? <laughs> That's one of the reasons I never bought the building. <laughs> I think their occupancy right now is about That's two. That's actually mm. not all that uncommon to have water running underneath things like no, that. No, it's not. Really? Yeah, that's, there's water no. running under streets and everything. Sawmills. Gotta go somewhere. Sawmills love creeks like that. Because <laughs> that's then they could that's just, because, yeah, they're they right on the Mississippi. The logs down. There were logs that's being it. floated right down there. Mm-hmm. We were a milling exactly town. Right. Yeah. Huh. Wow. All right, well, When I was a boy, we had a creek that would rise, and the basement was just a musty disaster. I, I wouldn't want a building over a creek. It sounds terrible. It all depends terrible. on how you build it. What mm-hmm. is that funky smell? That, that <laughs> yeah, right. Saying. Oh, that's our house. That's our house. No, <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, it's just the house. It'll be fine. All right, Kostaki, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, man. Bye. Kostaki, Economopolis, and Quick Snaps, ladies and gentlemen. He'll be on next week, and then we'll have one week off. Right? I didn't get his bill yet this year. Uh, Tell him to send correct. His bill. Oh, he'll send it to me. He Without will. fail. Okay. Okay, good. <laughs> you still hear us, so there you go, Kostaki. Okay. Do the whatever the Get hell you're Get off your saying. ass. He'll send it there to you me. There you go. Okay. Um, this is interesting. There's one headline. Elon Musk calls for Anthony Fauci to be prosecuted. I know. I don't know. I, di- I didn't know the Twitter files was going to be a, a, a Fauci gate, but apparently um, that the... gain of function thing that he yep. was involved yep. and yeah, we were all like supporting. Yep. Like, I don't know. It's coming back out that without Twitter suppressing all the opposing voices on Fauci, mm-hmm. there's, I, I guess, some very strong evidence that he this did come from that Wuhan lab. That's and what it says. How about this story? Twitter's blue checkmark system under Elon Musk didn't go so well when it was launched last month, thanks to a proliferation of phony accounts, and it was suspended almost as soon as it began. Now it looks like the paid subscription program's coming back, though some people will be paying more for the perks than others. Apple users, yeah. Apple users have to pay more. Apple's going to charge them more. Because Apple is charging them, because that's how Apple works, is if if you put out an app... That has a $10 in-app purchase. Yeah. Um, and someone buys that in-app purchase. You don't get $10. Apple gets like three of that. Sure. And so you only get seven. Yeah. So if you want to make as much money on an Apple platform as on Android, you have to increase prices for Apple users. Oh. Says, yep. although an explanation wasn't given for the $3 surcharge for Apple users, NPR notes that in-app uh, transactions on Apple devices go through the company's app store, which typically takes in an Apple tax of 30% yep. on such sales. It's not just a blue check mark that's up for grabs. Twitter notes Dude. that businesses can buy Dude. it. Dude, get out of food there. in there? There's, no, there's nothing in there. Dude. 
you <laughs> All of a sudden he disappears into a cabinet. Yeah, exactly. You, are you being naughty? Uh, anyway, it, uh, it says that there, there will be that tax. Twitter notes that businesses can buy a gold one while government accounts can snatch up a gray one. It also looks like this time around, unlike the initial launch in November, Twitter Blue will do some vetting before they hand out those check marks. We've added a review step before applying a blue check mark to an account as one of our new steps to combat impersonation. So a lot of those apparently were bots. Well, they were phony. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been on a mission to get rid of child pornography and bots. Right. That's right. been sort of the focus. And all of this other Twittergate stuff has been coming out as employees have been telling him what actually happened over at Twitter. Yeah, they are telling Anthony him Anthony right Fauci had a – his daughter was working at Twitter? I think so. Oh, they had all sorts For a of short period of nepotism time. and cronyism in oh, there. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what everything is. Yes, it is. The elitists are, they infiltrate every place. They do indeed. Well, and again, like I said, whether it's Democrats, it's Republicans, and I'm talking about basically the, the, the far right and the far left, it's all about money. How can I make money from being hateful? How can I make money by destroying other people? It's all about them making money. Isn't that disgusting? I, I don't know if I can be on Twitter until the Meghan Markle I'll Netflix thing is over with because, honest to God, it's like I don't give two rips about... Megan and what's her boy, her husband's name? Harry. 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 I just don't care about them at all. I don't either. I couldn't care less. Um, I heard a good name for that couple the other day. What? The Ginger and the Winger. <laughs> Whinging would be whining yes. in British English. Yes. Oh, that's right. The Winger, yeah. So it is true. He is a ginger and she does well, love to whine. Sh- she's making a complete um, industry off of. Oh, yeah. You know, absolutely. whining oh, absolutely, about yep. the royal family. And, and yeah, me, I, I'm sure. Being a member of the royal family when you don't care about the royal family is hard. Yeah, I mm-hmm. would imagine. It is really. And when you're a self-absorbed American actress, yeah. the, the, the family, uh, the royal family, the firm as they call it, that's the number one thing. That's the crown. Mm-hmm. Everybody else gets under there. You're, you know, that's the top. You're at the bottom of the heap as a non-heir to the throne. Just how it is. Yeah. So if you're a narcissist, you're not going to like being down at the bottom of that heap. No, it's also exactly right. guaranteed success and a easy life. So it's like, what are you whining about? No, they're billionaires. She, yeah, she has hundreds of millions of dollars thanks to her fame for marrying into a uh, royal family. Well, I know, but now she gets to be, you know, the um, she gets to be martyred. Yes, As, you know, yeah. and Americans yeah. love Definitely that. Definitely setting herself up to be a secular oh, saint. Absolutely. She's going to make so much. She's just going to keep writing book after book mm-hmm. after book and doing everything it's she so can. It's so hard having $100 million in a mansion and uh, the, the cra- MSM at yeah. my beck and call. The Crown paid $34 million for her wedding. Yep. God. You know, but somehow she's just been treated horribly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, so I, I, hard. I, and I'm sure there have been some flippant remarks. Uh British royalty doesn't exactly like their people marrying Americans or no, outside they, of no. Britain. Uh, I'm sure that that is a big factor. So I, I don't know. But like you said, she's got every resource in the yeah. world. She's got all the money in the world. And I just I don't think it's a good look to constantly be whining and complaining. But if she's making an industry out that's of it, everybody does. I guess is. that's what's going to happen. But I just can't. My Twitter feed is just nothing but... People being mad about Meghan Markle, people being supportive of Meghan Markle. Once again, it's just it it can't just be a story. It has to be 
dividing everybody up. No, that's, and that's the whole deal. That's how they, it, it's divide and conquer. We're going to divide everybody. Well, I hate you, you hate me. Boy, I just made a ton of money. Hmm? Like we, I talked about it a few weeks ago about everything's fear-based. Yep, it And if is. we can make you afraid, we can get make money off of you. Like I said, I'm going to hang on to my one pronoun that I use, hey, asshole. That's going to be it. It's the one I've always had, and it's the one I'm still going to use. <laughs> you just do the Japanese thing and refer to someone as their name. 100% of the time. 100 Is that what they do? They don't use pronouns. Really? Yeah. They use... Referring to someone... So the Japanese word for you is anata. And unless you are very, very familiar with someone saying, you know, like, uh, hey, you, or I mean, well, I guess hey, you is pretty rude in general, but like, yeah. you, know, um, you know, I want to go to the... I want to go to dinner with you. That would be very rude. Oh. I would have to say, I want to go to dinner with Catherine. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that, actually. What about he went, he went to the store? I don't think there is a word for he. So it would be, you'd have to use the proper You'd have to use his name. name. Mm-hmm. Oh. Interesting. I like it. Yeah, that's why there's some, uh, like, anime and Japanese video games that are pretty much literally translated. And it's really stilted because they're always just referring to each other as their names nonstop. So it's and in, in, in English, if you talk about someone in the third person, you use their name. But if you're talking to someone, you never do. No, so not sometimes to, yeah. someone will like say a character's name, and it's like, wait, is that character not there? Or are they not talking to them? What the hell's going on? It's very different over there. So the pronoun thing. It can't take off because it's impossible. And I'm on Duolingo trying to learn Spanish and German at the same time, and everything's got a gender. It's so annoying. Oh, God, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah the entire true. sentence has to change completely because of gender. Yep. Yep, it's, it's like, oh, my God. That I we... would be happy if they got rid of. Yeah, but they it just, really can't. It serves can't. no purpose. Like, what is the, what is the benefit of everything having a gender? Well, it's not gender-like. Sexuality. Well, no, but I mean, like, linguistically. Well, it is, in a way. No. Having to say el telefono instead of la telefona, what, like, what's the benefit there? Or Monday there? has to be el, el lunes. Lunes, it's like, yeah. It's like, ah! <laughs> Can't it just be Monday? Why does it have to be el Monday? Well, I know. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. That's why people refer to their car as she, because la macchina, and in, in Italy, it was always the woman. It's not yeah. la maquina, it's la maquina. I know, but most, which makes it a woman. most genders in languages don't aren't really about whether it's really female. It, no, it's, I understand It's a different that. kind of gender. Um, but it's, it is. It's very confusing. I don't know why they started it in the first place. They love to do that. In it Italy may, particularly, yeah. they love to do that. It just it, does Russia, Russian do that? I don't believe so, no. Because all the Romance languages do. Yeah. I was actually surprised because I, I knew a little bit of German from elementary school. I, I don't remember there being genders, but there is gender in... It's a Romance language thing. I don't think any other kind of language does it. But German isn't considered a Romance language, is it? No, German no. is Germanic. Yeah. But it's also, it's got Romance uh, influence because it's surrounded by... Yeah. Nations with Romance languages. Well, English, so. Eng- isn't English just basically a... English is mostly, mostly Germanic, German partially, partially Romance, and then partially Latin. Yeah. So it is very difficult to learn if you haven't been in one of those things. But it's just, oh, the gender thing is killing me. 
I understand. <sighs> That's going to do it for today. We'll talk to you again tomorrow with the family. Mm-hmm. Go put on your sunscreen. <laughs>